Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Welcome. You have found another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for picking this podcast because we all know there are a ton of podcasts out there that you can choose from, and yet you are right here with your ears listening to us today, and I am so, so grateful for that. Now, before we get started with this episode, I have to thank one of the two sponsors of this show. This episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. Full disclosure, I work for Stanton Chase International, so always like people to know that, but I think they're a fantastic company, and uh, I really am glad that I went to work for them last year. So I joined Stanton Chase last year during the pandemic, and one of the reasons was for the previous 11 years before that, my only income was working as a professional speaker and trainer and master of ceremonies for corporate and association events. And we all know what happened in March of 2020. All of that came to a halt for like the next 14, 15 months and beyond. And you know what? That's scary when you watch a business that you've built for 11 years or more go from pretty decent income to zero. And that can really kind of hit you right where you are. And one of the things I learned about myself during this time is I had spent a long time, even longer than when I was just a speaker, I had spent a long time self-identifying as my career, as what I did for a living. So if I was successful, I felt really good. If I wasn't as successful, maybe I felt like crap. And so that's why I think today's show and the guest that I have with us is so important because we're going to talk a little bit about mental health. Now, before we get started on this, a little disclosure, I have no expertise in mental health. Uh, while I think I went through some really rough times over the last decade, I never was treated with depression, although I think it probably was there from time to time. So I always tell people when I talk about this, I'm not an expert, and if you need help, go and talk to somebody, because that's really, really important. But today, we're going to talk to somebody who has walked that journey. Shannon Andres is the host of a podcast called You Got This, The Journey, and she started that show because of her own struggles with mental health. By day, she is a regional tech consultant who helps insurance brokers, especially maybe older insurance brokers, learn how to use their websites and technology. And by night, she podcasts and tries to make a difference in the world. She is also the owner of a dog, and she volunteers in her community. So all around, She's pretty well-rounded. However, she faced some troubles. So, Shannon, welcome to the show. Tom, that was the best introduction I've ever had. So thank you so much, and thank you for having me as a guest on your show. I'm, I'm really, really glad you're here. So let's just dive into it. Let's hear your story. You said you had some struggles. Tell everybody. Yeah, so it's so interesting because last year, literally in January, I just started my position at my company right now. So I just moved to this new company. I was supposed to be traveling all over the country, meeting new clients, training them on how to use this website. And right after my training, right after I met my team who I was supposed to work with every day, we head into lockdown. And at first I was like, 
okay, cool. It's like, you know, when we have a snowstorm, I get to work from home. I get to be in my PJs. (laughs) It's only going to be two or three weeks. Yes, that's exactly what I said to myself. For two weeks, I get to do this, have a nice break, be home with my boyfriend and our animals. Awesome. And then our company said, okay, we think it's going to be a month and then two months. And then there was no end in sight. It was like, you know what? You're just going to be home until everything calms down. And we don't know when that's going to be. And I think once I heard that, it put me into panic mode of, oh my gosh, this is serious. You know, this isn't just a time to stay home for PR purposes, you know, to keep our company safe. You know, we really do have to stay home and this is dangerous right now. And I started to realize that in my whole life, that I just was not taking advantage of the opportunities around me. You know, I started to question, you know, is this the last time I'm going to see my brother, my sister, my parents, my friends? Am I ever going to be able to travel to all the places that I want to and do everything that I want to? And then working from home, you get into this really bad routine of wake up, work, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up, work, eat dinner, go to bed. And I slowly started to go into this anxiety attack of, what is my purpose anymore? And what is the point of even getting up every day? You know, I used to be an early riser, but now if I'm just nowhere my PJs all day, why not wait till I can roll out of bed and just hop on the computer? And I kept having these horrible anxiety attacks where I'd never dealt with this mental health struggle before. So I'd have this terrible anxiety attack where I'd be involuntarily shaking. Sometimes I would get physically ill from it. And I would just turn to my loved ones and say, somebody please tell me everything's okay. You know, tell me I'm being ridiculous. Tell me everything's all right and I'll get through this. And I did that and did that for months during the pandemic. And this is one of the worst things that somebody can do with anxiety, but I didn't realize that at the time because I'd never gone through this before. But the more that you bury it down, the greater power you give it for when it builds up and it explodes. And so for months, I kept doing this to myself to where every day I was anxious. And then when I wasn't anxious, I was getting anxious about getting anxious. So it was a nonstop feeling of anxiety. And I was really depressed with how I was viewing life every day, being so scared, you know, every day being so terrified of what my life was going to be. And then just lost the point of what I was meant to do in this world. And I'm just going to get up and go through these motions. And I gave up. It was so, so hard. And I got to a point where I realized I was really damaging the people around me because I was turning to them and I kept asking them to tell me everything's okay. And I was giving them nothing. You know, I was not being there for the people around me that needed me most. And it got to a point where they even said to me, you know, I can only tell you this so many times. I think you need to talk to somebody and I think that you need to get some help. And so I finally did. And I went to therapy and I was like, so excited for this therapist to say to me, you're ridiculous. You're fine. Go home, put that away. You're going to be okay. It's fine. And what they actually said to me was, your feelings are a hundred percent valid. And there are a lot of people feeling the way that you do right now. And that is a okay, but here's what we can do to deal with that. And I worked through therapy. I found some ways to get through those anxiety attacks to where I wasn't getting physically ill and getting really, really depressed and negative in my thoughts. And it taught me that those feelings that we go through are temporary and that 
if we do know the ways that we can deal with it, it will pass and we will get through it. And so it inspired me to apply that to every part of my life. If I can find ways to get in a better physical routine, have better nutrition, connect better spiritually, I could really become the best person I can be. And so I embarked on this journey where I was like, you know what, I'm going to apply these tips and tricks. I'm going to work hard because I want to do this. And I saw such growth that I was like, wow, if I don't share this with everybody else who I know is struggling this past year and I know that they had a hard time, that would be so selfish of me. And I knew the best platform was a podcast. And now I'm on my own show sharing my journey to help anybody else who's struggling and to know that they're not alone. Well, first of all, Shannon, thank you so much for just being so honest about everything you went through. I think in our society, many people bury it. In fact, there's actually a term hidden depression. And I discovered this term several years ago doing some reading when I was kind of having my own struggle. And I actually reached out to a woman. She'd, she'd written a book and uh, she reached back out and we corresponded and, and she, uh, I did a call with her and she's actually a therapist. And she said, look, I'm not your therapist, but like, we can have this conversation as like just friends. And I was really fascinated with her her diagnosis and the thing. I think she invented the term of, of hidden depression. And she said, what happens is people are so good at it, they actually hide it from themselves. And while I said I didn't go through anything that was quite as serious as what you did, I, I renamed it sort of hidden sadness and sort of just accepted that this was how I had been for maybe a decade or more. And then about a year and a half ago, one of the things I did is started to work my way out of it. And the way I did it on my own, I didn't go to a therapist, but the way I did it was through uh, meditation, through exercise, uh, and through spirituality and, and through studying things like that. So that's why I wanted to talk to you because you know, you've know you done a little bit more thoughtful uh, research on this and work than I have. But this podcast is really designed for people in corporations, not just people at the C-level, although uh, I do love to interview you know, CEOs and CFOs and chief marketing officers, et cetera, but it's really for anybody who works in business who has sort of that entrepreneur growth-oriented thing within their company who wants to grow their career. And the reality is if you're in a leadership role in a company, whether you just manage yourself or you manage in a giant team, what Shannon just talked about was probably really common this year. And the problem is you reached out to your family. You, you, you had people in your, in your family you reached out to. But how forthcoming were you, Shannon, with your boss? They have no idea. They actually don't even know that I started this podcast. So if they were... <laughs> well, if they run across my podcast and they're listening right now, they're like, no way. It's so funny. Shannon Andrus, we have an employee named Shannon Andrus, but this can't be her because she doesn't have any problems. Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you asked that because I'm being so open about my journey, but not a single person I work with knows about it. Well, but that's the, I didn't know that. I, I kind of <laughs> set that question out there, not knowing the answer, but here's the reason I'm so like, and that is if you work for a company, how many people who work for you or with you have experienced even pre-pandemic, this isn't just anxiety is not just a, and, and mental health issues are not just a pandemic problem, but they are, you know, all the studies show they're exasperated by it. How many people who work with you, do you have no idea that they couldn't get out of bed, that they gave up, that they were calling their mom saying, tell me it's just better. How many people, my guess is the answer is really, really high and this is something I think that leaders, whether they're in a C-level position or not, this is a topic that leaders need to be aware of because Shannon just summed it up. Her company doesn't know. Now, 
if someone in her company listens to this podcast, they're going to knock on her door going, are you okay? Uh, but think about that. If you have people who are struggling, they probably should be talking to somebody, right? And companies probably should be finding out or at least making it okay for people if they don't want to talk about it, at least have a path to know there are paths, there are people that they can talk to. Yeah, and it's really interesting because my boss did a lot of touch points with me and she asked me, are you burnt out? Are you okay? But even asking those questions, your employees may not be 100% confident sharing that with you. And I think for me, and I don't know if this would be for everybody, but I felt like if I had opened up about those feelings, especially at a time where I wasn't confident in it in myself, that I would be viewed as weak, as a failure, as I can't trust her with too many tasks because she's dealing with a lot emotionally right now. And I didn't want my my worth to be questioned. And for some reason, I applied that with my mental health. And I think a lot of employees would feel that way. Well, and, you know, you, you didn't want your boss to see you as broken because when you get to the other side, you, you still want your job. You still want to be able to grow. You, you want to have that. But the other piece of that is, as I talked about this whole idea of, of you know, hidden depression, you know, some people are so good, you know, they're maybe they're not hiding it from themselves, but they're certainly hiding it from everybody else. And my guess without any, you know, expertise in this area is probably the first person you hide it from is your coworkers and your boss. Absolutely. And I also think too, that a lot of people hide it from themselves because we do a lot of self-comparison where we think my struggle is nowhere near as bad. And I would tell myself that like, I have a job where I get to work from home. I'm still employed. I'm healthy. I have no right to complain. I have no right to be this person has anxiety, but I am. And I think people have to understand that too, is that you can't compare your story or your struggle because all of us, it doesn't matter what you're going through. We are struggling in our own way and it's completely valid. Mm. So let's talk about these three areas because I, I worked on the same thing and then I think it's really important. Let's talk on these three areas that you for your own journey have focused on and that is, you know, spirituality, we'll, we'll, we'll call it nutrition and, and then we'll call it sort of other health. I assume that's like working out and, and being fit and stuff like that. So let's talk about these. Yeah. So I actually, at the start of this journey, I read the book, The Miracle Morning. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's an incredible book where they lay out. Hal, Hal Elrod? Yes. He, oh my gosh. He lives in Austin, Texas, where I live. Really? I, I don't know him, but I understand he lives here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love his book. And it was all about how before 8.30 a.m. we can focus on ourselves and our mental health. So my routine before I open social media, before I hop on my work computer and answer emails is I first start with meditation. I do that for about 10 to 15 minutes where you breathe out a lot of the negative feelings that you're having, breathe in the good, breathe out your fears and just focus on yourself. Then I go into affirmations and visualizations and I have a vision board that I literally yell at and speak to every morning to put out into the universe, the life that I want to have. And then I work out and then I journal down all my thoughts and boom, before anybody's reached out to me for anything, I focus on myself and I've given myself the attention that I know that I need every single day. So I started about 14 months ago trying to meditate again, because I had tried over the past 20 some odd years, many times. And I thought, oh, I just suck at meditation or I'm a little too ADHD in my head. You know, I can't quiet my mind. And I decided I was going to do it. And I started off just like Googling meditation apps and every day I'd do a different one just for fun. And then my brother 
who's kind of into that said, you know, no, you should use this, this app. And there's a lot of really good apps out there. I ended up uh, paying for and, and subscribing to downloading Headspace. And I'm not saying it's better or worse. It has worked for me and I like the consistency of it now for about 11 months. And every single day I do the same thing. I, I try to do 20 minutes a day. I'm an early riser. So I'm up before my wife. I'm up before anybody in my different career areas would ever be looking for me. So I try to go out and do that. And you're right in the fact that when you take that time, you know, I used to get up and watch CNN mm-hmm. and I haven't watched the morning news in a year or more because I take that time and I think it through and I try to clear my mind and it really does bring me some level of peace. And on, on a flip side, when you learn to be able to, to get in touch, when you have that moment of anxiety, you can use those tricks you learned from meditation. So I, I was in uh, Costa Rica and we went whitewater rafting. And I'll be honest, there's a technical term for me throughout my life, and that is chicken shit. And so things like that would scare me. I'd often find reasons not to be able to go. Uh, but we were going whitewater rafting with my, my wife, my two daughters, uh, my daughter's future husband, and his whole family. So I didn't want anybody to know that, like, you know, when they said that it was rapids of threes and fours, turns out fives are the worst. So fours, threes would be okay. But fours, fours weren't going to be good. And so every time we came upon a rapid, I just used those techniques to quiet my mind and realize that few people die doing this. Why would it be me? Statistically, I was going to be fine and I was able to get through it. So you can even take that morning meditation and put it into the anxiety that comes up later in the day, right? Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because I am terrified of flying. It's um, aerophobia that they call it, and a lot of people have it. And on this most recent trip that I did this past weekend, I went to Florida, I actually used meditation to get through my anxiety attack on the plane. In the past, I tried taking Xanax. I tried downing Bloody Marys the entire flight. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that too, and I don't have any anxiety when I fly. (laughs) Yeah, everybody likes that method. Um, And then I've listened to podcasts. I've tried reading. I've tried sleeping through it. And I've tried CBD oils. I mean, I've really tried everything. And this past time, especially because we have to wear our masks and you can't be just casually like drinking and relaxing like you normally would, I really had to breathe in. And part of it was I told myself a mantra, which I said to myself until the anxiety attack goes away, which is everything is going to be okay. I am here. I am present. Everything is fine. Breathe in. Everything is going to be okay. I am here. I am present. Everything is fine. And then after that, similar to what you did, I educated to, I educated myself on actually how dangerous is flying and what is turbulence. And sometimes you need to do that. You need to educate yourself and find out that the fears that you're creating are really just in your mind and you don't have to be worrying about them as much as you are. So I totally agree with you. Meditation carries through to a lot of my anxiety attacks throughout the day. And then let's talk about the nutrition angle. How has that helped you? So, oh my gosh, I learned so much about nutrition during this because I didn't realize how much sugars affect our anxiety levels. Like I was speaking with my therapist about it and she was telling me how, you know, when we take in sugar, it increases a lot of health risks that we can have and that increases feelings of anxiety and depression in people. So you really have to be mindful about what you're putting into your body every day because every little thing affects your energy, affects your anxiety. And also during the pandemic, like many people, I was drinking a lot. I was having wine every single night. I was like, it's a never ending snowstorm. I'm just going to keep drinking. And alcohol is so, so bad for your anxiety. Like the next day you hit such a low 
and it really, really can put you into one of those depressive states. So I've actually started tracking um, through the, the app LifeSum where you can see your macros and you can see exactly how many proteins, carbs, fats, and sugars that you're taking in so that you don't go overboard on any of them to where maybe you're decreasing your energy, increasing anxiety, and making sure that you're fueling your body with the exact amount of resources that it needs every day. And so the third one was was health. I assume that's working out. What else was involved in, in the third the third section then? Yeah. So physical health is getting on a daily exercise routine. So Monday through Saturday, I do hardcore workouts where I am just focusing on burning calories and hitting my goal on my Apple watch. And then Sundays I do yoga, yoga, stretch, practice gratitude, and really reward myself for the hard work. But physical activity is so important and it really, really, really does help with our mental health. It's a great stress reliever. Um, we can actually feel feelings of happiness and joy from completing this task and also just increasing our endorphins while we're working out. Um, but, you know, I actually struggled with physical a lot my whole life. I always wanted to be at the gym a lot, but I would get into a routine for a week and then fall off. And actually in this journey, once I learned all the benefits that our physical um, exercise has on our mental health, I've never been able to commit to my exercise routine better than I am now because now it's all about my mental health. So so five years ago, I made a pledge. I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. And one of the first things I did, uh, and this was before I had discovered I was hiding my own issues mental health wise, but I took up running and I lost 30 pounds. And uh, I did put some of it on in the pandemic, but not 30. I put on probably seven or eight, but I got to get that back off. But uh, the point was, is that what I discovered was as I was working my way out of my own issues, that when I work out, I feel better. And it's because mm-hmm. of all the stuff that you said. So it's like when, when I have a rough day, now I look for, can I get a run in? Can I get out there and go for a long walk if it's not a run day, uh, you know, and, and do that. So, so that definitely helps. So you've been on this journey now for several months. You're feeling better. You're talking about it. You're sharing it so that you can help other people who are on this thing. You know, what do you want to tell people? you know, who, who, who are listening, who are secretly struggling themselves? What, what's your advice? Oh my gosh, where to begin? There's, there's so, so many important pieces to this. Um, two big things I want to talk about is finding your tribe and how you are speaking to yourself and narrating your story. So number one is you have to find your tribe and you have to look at the group that you have around you right now and think, how good are they making me feel? What are these people doing? Are they inspiring me? Is this the community I want to be around? And you may have to make some changes or just find a group that you can turn to along this journey. So if it's going to, you know, me and my social media page or going to a Facebook group where there's accountability partners and other people who are positive influences, make sure you find a tribe of people where when you hit your lows or you just need guidance that you can go to them and say, hey, has anybody gone through this before? What do you recommend? What can I do? And finding an accountability partner because journeys are really hard to do by yourself. So if you can find somebody who is dedicated to the journey and dedicated to helping you reach your goals, it's just going to make the process so much easier. So I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, 
and interviewing people who are making waves in the world like Shannon Andrus. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the special offer that they have for the listeners of this show. They give you a discount. All right. So, Shannon, I want to take this back to the corporate side. So, what do you wish that companies, not, we're not going to throw your boss under the bus. What do you wish that companies knew about mental health and about the struggle that many of their people are having and they're not talking about it? Oh, my gosh. So, so before the pandemic, burnout is one of the worst things that can happen to somebody in their career. And I think that a lot of times in the workplace, we are rewarding burnout behaviors, which bring people to a very negative mental space. So there are people who may be the yes person who are taking too many tasks on that go beyond their um, job title and their requirements, but they do that and they take on those tasks and everybody rewards them saying, you know what, Shannon always does so much for our company and she over delivers and the clients love her. And now that person thinks that that's how they have to identify. And it's great to be an overachiever, but that can lead to burnout. And when people get burnt out, they get resentful towards their company, their company's mission, their clients, and they just are not performing at their best. So I think it's important to understand your employees' requirements of their position. I know that may sound easy, but not a lot of people do. And make sure that we respect them and respect those boundaries of how much we should be doing and pushing our employees. Um, The other thing that I want to point out is that besides burnout, because burnout will occur pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, but the other thing is that we are heading into a very, very anxious state with the work environment since everybody's going to be returning to work. And there's a lot of people suffering from the pandemic who will be returning. But now as employees transition, they leave their animals, their children, their spouses. They are going to be going through a very, very anxious and depressed time of trying to adapt to this now back to normal, you know? So I think what an employer could do, which would be so beneficial, is In addition to those webinars and trainings that you do that are specific to the product you're selling and the education you want to give, have those alternatives. Like have somebody who's an animal specialist come in and talk about how to transition and leave your dog at home and get back to the workplace. How can we find quality time with our animals again? You know, have somebody come in who talks about the importance of meal prepping and having your your meals planned for when you get home from work. Those resources won't make your employees so anxious and scared to return back to work. And it's just going to give them the tools that they need to know, okay, I can do this. I can adapt and I can get back to going to work every day. So you're a lot younger than I am. Like I could be your dad. I'm, I'm, you guys can't see her, but I can see her on video. She's, she's much, much younger than I am. So my question though is, is that your generation, I don't think has as much of a stigma around going and talking to a professional as maybe some people who are older might have. I think there was, you know, growing up, there was a stigma. Somehow you were broken if you had to go talk to somebody. And I don't believe that that is true. So how do you help? But, but you yourself had to go over the, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, help me too. I'm going to go talk to a professional. What advice do you have for somebody to who probably should talk to somebody who is resistant? So I actually really struggled with this myself because 
I knew for people my age, I wasn't so worried if they knew that I was struggling with my mental health because it's just something that we so easily can talk about now. And so many people are getting much more open with, but my parents and my aunts and my uncles, we had this mentality growing up of don't air your dirty laundry, you know, keep what's going on. So so I'm going to jump in. So now you have a podcast where you talk all about your mental health problems. Yes. And, and I learned from doing the podcast that I was worried about all those judgments in my head and my family was so supportive. Your mom and your aunts loved the podcast, right? Yes. They were like, oh my gosh, finally somebody's speaking about this. Um, If you are somebody who is scared and you're struggling and and you're nervous about speaking to somebody, I want you to understand that this doesn't go beyond you and your therapist's conversation. Like that is a safe space where it's just you and them. They're not going to be calling your boss and saying, hey, Shannon had to come and talk to me because she's feeling very anxious and depressed. And it really is a safe space. And there's only so much that you can do for yourself. We need that outside perspective and we need somebody who can tell us. And luckily I was able to find tips and tricks of how to adjust during a panic attack. But some of you may need medication and that's completely fine, but a therapist can identify that and help you with that. So don't be afraid to speak to somebody. And if the person you meet with isn't good, maybe it's not a good match. That's totally fine. That happened with me. You just move on and you find a new therapist and find somebody that you can speak to, but know that it will get better and they really will give you the resources that a lot of people around you may not be able to. I think that's great advice about if the first one's not a good match, find somebody different. And it doesn't offend the therapist. I've talked to people who are in that field and they're like, no, if it's not the match, I want to help them find the right person. So how did you go about identifying your first and then your second therapist? So my first therapist, she was great. Like I am so thankful that I spoke with her. Um, She gave me a lot of great tips and tricks, but she, she was going too easy on me. And it really depends what you're looking for. Like I wanted somebody to really question the root of my issues, question what I was feeling. And instead she gave me, I I don't know how to say it, but maybe surface level ways that I could deal with it. And it definitely worked, but now I'm ready to go deeper into maybe why I'm feeling some of the things that I'm feeling and what is triggering the anxiety attacks in the moment. So the next person that I found who I'm going to start working with She is closer in age with me. So I think that kind of helps as well, where I feel comfortable talking to her about this. But also she has a holistic health view where instead of us just talking about things to say to ourselves and common like tips and tricks of how to get through it, it's why don't you get blood work? And why don't you see maybe what's lacking in your, you know, vitamins? Do you have a deficiency somewhere that could be contributing to this? Let's explore some of the other factors in your life. And instead of, it being too hard where they're judging me and I feel like it's too aggressive. It's just such a natural open conversation, but we're getting to the meat of the issue. So how did you identify them? How did you find both of them? The first one, I went through my health insurance and I had a healthcare concierge who sent me. um, And a lot of people might have this. If you look at your health insurance, you could have a concierge that can find in your area, male, female, in-person, virtual, whatever you're looking for. And I called this therapist and we did virtual meetings because this was at the beginning of the pandemic. The second person I met through Clubhouse and it's not through my insurance. So those are two very, very different um, perspectives. And it's interesting because number one, a lot of, a lot of therapists do not take insurance. So it could be hard to go through your insurance and find a therapist. 
And, and two, sometimes you find better avenues where it's more of a holistic approach and more health coaches and life coaches who aren't taking insurance too. So neither of them, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but that's just how I went about finding them. Absolutely. Well, I'm grateful to Clubhouse because that's where I met you. And uh, I made the offer to the people who were in a room that I was a guest in uh, that if somebody wanted to be on the show to reach out to me. And interestingly, there were like 40 people in the room and only three people reached out. But Shannon, you were one of them. And I thought this topic was super important. So I'm really glad that you did. It's been really delightful to talk to you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience around this topic? You know, I would just say really be kind to yourself and be careful of how you're speaking to yourself every day. You are creating the narrative for your life. And I have learned that throughout this journey. You know, every day when we complain and say we have to do something or we look at something with a negative perspective, we're creating the narrative that's not going to be a good day. So, you know, it's important to change the conversation. And something that I've done is I've started saying I get to instead of saying I have to. And it helps me to practice gratitude and be more appreciative every day. So, That's one of my biggest recommendations, but also find your tribe, find those social media groups, friend groups that you can turn to and know that you're not alone. Awesome. I think this is a great message for every person listening, but also if you work for a company and if you manage a team, remember like Shannon, you may not know her boss doesn't know. So that might be you as the boss. So find ways to let people know that it's a safe space, that, 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 that there are things out there they can turn to without having to tell you all of their issues. So I think this was a really important topic. So Shannon, thanks for coming. If people want to find you and your podcast, how do they do that? Yes. So my Instagram page is you got this underscore the journey. And on there, we have a link tree where you can go to Apple podcasts, but we're also on Spotify, Pandora, um, all the major listings. So please feel free to get on over there and reach out to me. You got this the journey. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do the show? I've been doing this show for six and a half years, uh, 650 episodes, and uh, we're not going to stop anytime soon. So make sure you're telling your friends about making waves at sea level because uh, the only way people find my show is because somebody told them about it. Nobody finds me through Google you know, or whatever. So people tell me they listen to the show. They like the show. I say, how'd you find it? They say, my mom told me to listen. Uh, and now all of Shannon's friends will listen, but nobody from her office. So that's good. She won't tell them. So awesome. All right. Thank you so much. We'll be back in a couple of days with an interview with someone out there making waves in the business world and their personal lives, much like Shannon. But in the meantime, go out there, flex your own business muscles. Make sure your career ladder is against the correct wall. Don't climb a career ladder that's in the wrong place. And then finally, while you're out there doing all this, have some fun along the way. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.